I feel like what I gained from when Dean came along was the love that these two had kind of restored my view on life that um, like, look at their friendship and look at this love. And that it kind of made me feel like, no, there's, there's still things to, to live for. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts, learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Hi everyone, welcome to the Cat Explorer podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. Before we jump into today's exciting chat, we would love it if you could screenshot this podcast Post it in your Instagram stories and tag us at catexplorer.community and our awesome guest at Monk and Bean. We'll reshare it in our stories and we can't wait to hear what you think of today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Superkit. We've all been there where we've been desperately trying to understand if a harness will fit our kitties well. And usually it's not easy. But that was not the case with the Superkit harnesses. They have an easy to follow guide showing you how to measure your kitty. And it was so easy to do that I actually did it while Noxie was sleeping. No concerns about her playing with a tape measure or anything. And all done within minutes. And the best bit, the harnesses fit awesome. You can get your own Superkit harness at superkit.co. The kitties we're talking about today are quite the celebrity. So much so that if you Google vampire cat, they'll definitely pop up. Monk has become quite famous thanks to his trademark fangs, while Bean is adorably lovable. But there is so much more behind the story of Monk and Bean, like how they helped their mum, Nicole, manage depression and grief, and how they're showing how incredible black cats are. So I'm so excited to dig into today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Hi, thank you for having me. I'd love to hear, how did Monk and Bean come into your family? So Monk is um, a year older than Bean, and um, at that time... I had um, a serious accident a few years prior that um, broke my back and I was undergoing numerous back procedures. Just to give you a little back, there's a reason behind the back story. But um, so every time I went in for a back procedure, I would have to go under anesthesia. And so I always required a driver. And that day it was my mom. And I was coming home from the procedure and still kind of groggy, um, you know, because I was just coming out of anesthesia and a little tiny kitten darted in front of our car. And both of us are animal lovers. My mom's a big cat person as well. And so we immediately stopped the car and discovered this kitten that was in really bad shape and knew that we needed to take him and help him out and so he came home with me that day and that's how I got monk (laughs) (laughs) um at the time I didn't realize how much I needed him and here I was thinking he needed me you know to help him out he was you know he was really really malnourished he was covered in bugs. He was absolutely filthy. And he actually couldn't see out of his eyes. His eyes were crusted shut um, from conjunctivitis and whatnot. So 
you know, I took care of him, but he's been taking care of me ever since. So that's how Monkey came along. Um, Bean came about a year later. Um, at the time, I was uh, working for a, a nonprofit, and the I worked closely with the CEO, and she had a litter of kittens that were born underneath the deck of her home. And she knew I already had one black cat. And she said that this litter is black cats. And she said, do you want another cat? And I said, I can't. I'm a renter. I can't have another cat. And about a week later, she just brings him in, you know, which was smooth on her part. Because she knows, you know, you know how it goes. You see the cat and then that's it. So I said, okay. So I agreed to foster Bean. And I took him home. and. Monkey instantly wanted to, you know, he knew I had something. And so he was climbing up my leg. Now he's about a year old now. And, but I was working really long hours. And so he, he was pretty lonely and he definitely wanted a companion. And they became instant friends, like best friends. Actually, Monk kind of took on almost like a maternal role. And he would clean Bean and literally pin him down and lick him everywhere, make sure that, you know, all of his bits and pieces were clean uh, and they were inseparable. And so he's a foster fail. <laughs> so <that's how laughs> he came into my life. And in oh, short, I just love that how well they got along, like straight away. Like, did you have to do anything to introduce them or were they friends no. straight away? They were best friends from the start, absolutely from the start. And I was trying to keep them separated because, you know, obviously they need to go to a vet and be cleared. Um, But Monkey was absolutely, he was relentless. He just, he knew I had something. He knew it was going to be his best friend and he was relentless at trying to get to Bean. And ever since they've met, they've been absolute best friends. More, I feel like they're like a level above best friends. If there, if there's even such a thing. Oh, that's just so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And I'd love to hear a little bit about their different personalities. Do you mind telling us about them? Yes. So they're absolutely complete opposites. Um, so Monkey, interestingly enough, is that Monkey um, was originally named Sergio which was after my um, surgery center that did my procedures. And so I, because I got him that day coming home from the surgery center and I spent so much time at the surgery center and I was really in a bad place emotionally. And, um, you know, so much of my time, I'm, I've always been a very active person. So then I have a broken back and be going in and going under anesthesia and having people poke and prod me all the time just to be able to walk or something, you know. So I thought, how fitting, I'll name him after the surgery center that's been working so closely with me and trying to help me. And I had to change that real quick because his personality, he's a monkey. He was climbing everything, getting into everything. I mean, like literally needed it. I was on him 24-7. I had to watch everything that he did. He got into every, very mischievous, very curious, um, crazy amounts of energy to this day you know that was as a kitten he's still exactly the same way and so I started calling him monkey because that's just that's that's him 
Um, and of course, it's now Monk for short. But um, he's also got an attitude. He's very alpha. He's um, small, but he's got to assert himself all the time and let everyone know that he's in charge, you know, when the mood strikes. Because um, he can be very sweet, but for the most part, he's very type A, just a very feisty cat. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen videos of him where he throws these hissy fits out of nowhere. I mean, he will just flip out. He's just, he's, a, he's very silly. And then Dean is incredibly laid back, very calm, um, inquisitive. You can tell he's, he's a thinker. He absorbs. You know, whereas Monkey is just like diving into everything and just tearing stuff up. Dean will, you know, he's very calculated. So just very different, but he's incredibly calm and he's just very chill. And I've never really seen anything upset Dean. Nothing. Wow. <laughs> I admire it. <laughs> he's incredibly, <laughs> he's type B. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You've mentioned how, Monk and Bean helped save you. Do you mind talking us a little bit through that process and how they helped you? Yes. So, um, when I got Monkey, um, so my father had passed away um, a few years before I got Monkey. But when my dad passed, um, I was only 28 years old. My dad was 58. Uh, I was not um, able to process everything that took place. I also had a couple of other tragedies that kind of just, not that I want to talk too much about myself, but it, it, it just plays into, it, it's a part of the story. So what happened was my dad was diagnosed with a brain tumor and we were told he's, he's going to, this will take his life. And it did a year later. Um, and a few months after that, I lost a friend, um, in a plane crash, a very random, he got on a plane. It was a private plane. They were going to be taking like a weekend trip. Plane went over the Bermuda Triangle, oddly enough, and he died. Um, so that was about, I don't know, seven to nine months after my dad had passed. And I didn't process the fact that my dad passed. And so now that, and, and I think that that was an even more bizarre um, situation because it was a peer, you know, um, and I had never dealt with death before. And, and then shortly after that, I had this accident. And so I... I, uh, I really didn't deal with all of that. And then all of a sudden when I did, it all hit me like a steam train. And so right around when I got monkey, it was when I was um, working on getting myself back in physical shape and healing in that way. Um, but emotionally, I was a wreck and I was just flooded with grief. And uh, I had... I was the only one that was going through that. All of my friends were getting married, having children, buying homes, having their careers. And so everything was a celebration for everybody around me. 
And here I am at, you know, 28, 29, 30 years old, and I'm like living a nightmare. And I felt I didn't have anybody to talk to. And so when I got Monkey, he was who I talked to. And I would cry into his fur, and I took him everywhere with me. See, I almost just got choked up right there just saying that, because it's so, it, it's like I could literally remember those times. But I took him everywhere with me, and he was like an emotional support. If I ran errands, he came with me. Um, if I went to a friend's house, he was there with me, everything. Um, and so he was, he was my support. And he was like a, a best friend. And when Bean came along, I was still in the, I was still in the process of healing. Um, but what I really, I feel like what I gained from when Bean came along was the love that these two had kind of restored my view on life that um like look at their friendship and look at this love and that it kind of made me feel like no there's there's still things to to live for you know does that make sense yes yeah definitely I was, I was just feeling like you know what's you know there's no point and there's no you know things are just you know it's not going to get better and I'm going to be stuck feeling like this forever. And I just, I, I wasn't looking forward to anything. I didn't feel like I had anything to look forward to. And I just kind of had this really bleak outlook. And when I saw the two of them together, there was just something about it that just filled me up. Um, and I still, depression is always something that I've lived with. So of course, having these events, uh, you know, that just took that to another level for me. Uh, grief. Plus, grief is completely separate to depression. So it it was a it was a lot going on. So I still live with depression. It's something that I just live with. But they do help me manage it. They I feel that they give me purpose. Um, they actually help me to interact with people because I have a tendency to socially to isolate, pull back. Like I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now if I didn't have monkey brain. Um, and their, you know, their, their account has helped me to, to share, to, um, be silly, um, and to talk to people and, and they help me to do that. So it, it, you know, they really, they help me on so many levels. I, I, I feel like I could just talk about that for the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand. And um, I have to say, I relate relate a little bit as well. So um, one thing I haven't spoken about a lot is that my father passed away very suddenly in 2014 as well. And I really struggled with grief because I think we don't necessarily um, talk about how difficult it is to grieve. So um, I'm really grateful that you're sharing your story as well so that more people understand how hard it yeah. is so that when they're in that situation they realize that they're not alone that other people yes. go through it and one thing that really helped me was my cat tabby at the time so I, I completely relate to what you're saying yes and I, I feel strongly that animals sense our emotions and they have a way of sometimes providing you know meeting certain needs and you know I, if I'm upset they come towards me they'll come to me 
I mean, even if I if I like stub my toe and I make a noise, monkey will come running to check on me, you know, and they're so helpful. So, yeah, they they I'm glad that you had your cat to help you through that as well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just want to echo what you were saying, Nicole, in that you're totally right in that. It doesn't this pales in comparison to some of the things you've experienced, but you know, you have a bad day at work, you come home and straight away we'll find Lumos and Noxie at the door meowing and they're just ready to you know, give you cuddles and ready to receive yeah. cuddles more, more often than not. So and then just Yes. And then so for for me, like most of the problems and all the issues that you had at work, they just don't matter and they just melt away and just suddenly you see this little kitty who doesn't know any more than give me cuddles and I love you and you know, how just wants to get up and close to you. It's just, it's just something Absolutely. incredible. It's just, it's great yeah. as having that support. And they don't know anything else besides really just helping you and, you know, being yeah. their cheerful and playful selves. Yeah. Absolutely agree. So, speaking of cheerful and playful selves, there's also two other pets that Monk and Bean have spent some time with and have a connection with. So, and that would be Burma. And Puppy, who we met in season one of our podcast. Yes. How did Monk, Bean, Burma, and Puppy get along? And did you have to take any specific steps to introduce them and get them to sort of play nice with each other? Um, so they met Burma first. Um, they had never been around dogs, so I waited a while for them to meet Puppy. Um, so Monkey met Burma first. And... There were no steps needed. Uh, he ran out the door and they went nose to nose and said hello. And it was very, very easy. Um, Monkey did um, as alpha as he is. <laughs> There's no cat more alpha than Burma. So he knew his role. Um, so he was showing submission. But um, no, there was no there was no special steps needed. They all just got along. Burma's a very he's a very chill cat. He's tough, um, and he's definitely a boss, but he's he's calm. And so enough, everyone just gets along. And then I think I want to say maybe a year later, I could be wrong about that, but whenever they met Puppy, it was it was like no big deal. They saw her. Bean was a little bit more um, cautious. I think that was actually the first time I heard him hiss. He gave a little hiss when Puppy got close. But um, no, no steps. No steps needed. They all just became family. Burma's actually around somewhere. He's around here somewhere. <laughs> That's great. It's just, yeah. I love it how seamless and easy it was for you guys because it's not always the case. And right. like you see in the Instagrams that it looks that it looks easy, but sometimes it's yes. not and sometimes it is. And luckily for you, it turns out that this time it was yeah, I actually, and I didn't think that was going to be the case with Monkey the way that he is, but I think just because of the the type of cat that Burma is, he just, <laughs> he figured, I'm not even going to mess with that, <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, very smooth, very smooth. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I suppose we can't really talk about Monkey without talking about his fangs. Do you mind telling <laughs> us a little bit about them? <laughs> so... Uh, he's got huge fangs. <laughs> um, it's funny because I get comments every now and then where people think they're fake, um, or that they're photoshopped. Um, uh, he did not have them as a kitten. 
They grew in about a year old. Uh, it started subtle, just little poking out. And I noticed it, but I didn't think anything of it. Um, but when they really started to become prominent, I, I took him to the vet just because I just wanted to make sure he wasn't in pain, that it wasn't causing any sort of problem, that there wasn't any sort of, you know, a condition. And he's fine. He's absolutely fine. He has seen the vet numerous times. He's had dental cleanings. He's even had to have teeth pulled. Um, mostly because when he was a kitten, he, his start at life was very rough. And so he had some teeth that were rotted. Um, so they needed to be removed, but the fangs got to stay. They're very healthy. They're about like three quarters of an inch. They're huge, mm. very big, but they cause him no issues. He eats all the time. He eats beans food. He'll eat Burma's food. He just wants to eat all day long. And it's just the silliest thing when you see him, especially because if you ever you know, were to see him in person, he's a small cat and I don't know. They're just, they're goofy. They're very goofy. <laughs> They suit him. They definitely suit his name as well. And yeah. one thing that you mentioned before that you started taking him out just organically while um while you were yeah. doing different things while you were recovering. Did you take any steps to train him to go out or was he just comfortable going out? He was comfortable and I think that a lot of that has to do with that he was a kitten. He was so young. Um he never showed fear. He if I put the carrier out, he would just go right in it. He knew if I showed him the leash, he knew it's time to go out. Um, and I, I know a lot of people that's absolutely not the case. It just so happened to be that they, uh, with monkey, um, first, just no, no issues whatsoever. Uh, the only thing with him is that he doesn't like being in noisy environments and in what I call people-y environments where there's crowds um, not too keen on people that they don't know, that they're not familiar with. But um, same with Bean. When I got Bean, I just started them young. So I Bean had a harness young, and I would take him out on the patio. In fact, well, just to back to backtrack, as far as them going out on a leash, it started with, just in the surrounding area, like on the patio, sniff the grass and the bushes outside the home. Um, so th th I would say that's the only, like where I actually took a step where it was like, okay, let's try this first. And Monkey actually, he's an escape artist. So he got off of his first, his first harness and gave me a heart attack. Um, so I learned with that. <laughs> Trial and error. Um, what kind of harness was that one? What? What kind of harness was that one? Do you, you know, remember? I don't know what it's. I don't know what it's called. Um, but it's like those the the basic ones where it's it's not a fabric. It's just like a oh, collar, yeah. and then it looks like another you know another like strap. Yeah, like a H yeah. Yes, and I I don't recommend that people use them because they get out of them so easily. Um. Mm -hmm. So, so what, harness, what harness do you use at the moment? I have a few different ones. And truthfully, a few of the ones that I have are actually made. It says they're, they're for dogs, but I just buy them in a neck. Like monkey wears an extra small, fits them no problem. And um, 
I don't know exactly what it's called. I'm looking over in this direction because I'm looking at the ones that I have. I don't know what the special name is for it. Um, but they're a bit like a, a vest type or are they a bit like yeah. a jacket type? A vest type? Um, well, they have both. Okay. okay. But when I take them in public places, not just Arcadio or the, the yard, um, there's only one that I'll have them in, and that's like they're because some of them are you know kind of like a like clothing with you know where you can like hook a leash. Mm. They're fine, I feel, when they're when we're home and we're just outside on the property. But when I go in a public place, you know, and I just want to show you guys, maybe you guys can help me with this because I don't know what they're called. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. <laughs> that's all good. The ones that are like this. I suppose that's a oh, it's a gooby one. It's a vest yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. harnesses like Ubi, those are the ones that I would take them out in public places mm-hmm. because they they seem to be the ones that are just the most reliable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I understand so that. Yeah, because I, I do have a few and I would just never I, I just wouldn't take them to a public place. <laughs> Okay, sorry about that noise. We've got zoomsies happening in the background with Lewis. <laughs> you might have heard some purring before he came up to the microphone as well. He's like tipped stuff over and everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so talking about when you guys go out and about, what kind of places do you go to with Monkey Bean? So typically here on Long Island, um, so all right, first and foremost is Long Island is incredibly peopley. So it's very hard to take two cats that don't enjoy that type of environment. It's hard to find places to take them. Um, so interestingly enough, I take the vampire cat to the cemetery, but I don't take him. I do not take him to the cemetery because he's a vampire cat. I take them to the cemetery because it's quiet and um, it's local. I have one that we go to regularly is a block over. Um, it's a very, very old cemetery that like some of the graves, you can't even read them. It's like 1700s. Um, and so I take, I do walk them in there. Um, and the other place when we're on Long Island is the beach, specifically off season. So when I say off season, I mean any season that's not summer mm-hmm. because we get crowded out here um, and they don't appreciate that. So the two, the two places on Long Island is the beach and the cemetery, but they are travelers. So uh, they've been to different states. They've partied in numerous hotels um, and they love it. So when we do that, because we're in an environment that's not, it's not as populated as here in Long Island. Um, they've been to New Hampshire. They don't mind going to um, places that are that are new to them, so long as there's not people around. So they, if it's a mountainous area and nobody's around, they'll explore that. Um, I'm trying to think of other places. I mean, they've been to they've been to Maine, they've been to New Hampshire, they've been to Vermont. Monkey has traveled before Bean came along. Monkey has traveled from New York all the way to Florida. He actually lived in Florida with me for a year, which is where his fangs came in. 
Um, so he's been in pretty much every state from New York to Florida, the Carolinas. Um, Bean's been to Virginia. And they've explored those areas. That's so, really cool. They're yeah. well-traveled. Yeah. Yeah, they love it. They love being in the car. Um, and they get into a groove. Sometimes when we first get in the truck, they'll, you know, give me a little bit of a fight, you know, like, you know, they were in their zone in their cat bed and now all of a sudden we're cruising along. But as soon, like, I would say about like 20 minutes to a half hour, then all of a sudden they start to, okay, we're on a trip. We're going somewhere. And yeah, they love it. They absolutely love it. That's great. That's a good yeah. variety of places. And it sounds like you do quite a lot when you go exploring. Yeah. One of the things what I wanted to ask was, it sounds like you take Monk and Bean together. How does that logistically work, given that you're one person and you, it sounds like you get ganged up on by Monk and Bean? Yes. So when I travel, I, I'm not alone. Okay. If, I'm, if I do take them out, I, I'm not comfortable with taking them out together by myself. Um, and I would say a lot of that has to do with uh, Monkey. Because Monkey is a handful, and he requires a lot of supervision. You know, like I was saying earlier, Bean, he really is um, one that likes to take things in. So he, he's, he'll be slower with, you know, wanting to observe and absorb and sniff and things like that. Monkey wants to just dart around. And if he were to see something fly by or, you know, a squirrel or something, he wants to go after it. So I, I don't take them out together um by myself so steven the majority of the time when i'm traveling steven is with me and so he helps me manage that okay yeah so steven yeah. from our season one podcast um burma the venture cat's dad for, yes um, for, for everyone yeah. out there yes okay <laughs> and so when you do go exploring and you talked about the harnesses before what else do you use do you use a carrier backpack stroller to sort of complement the uh, harness? I haven't yet, but a stroller is coming um, because okay. I, I I feel like that's necessary because I want to be able to take them more places together on my own, but I won't do that with leashes. Um, so, but there are trails here. There's places that I know of that I could take them where I know that they wouldn't be, you know, creeped out by dogs or, uh, you know, strange people walking by. So I don't have, they have carriers. I have never carried them in a pack, um, but I am going to be getting a stroller soon. Okay. I will be that cat mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be very keen and interested to see how you go with that because that's something that we've toyed with as well, getting yes. a stroller. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, go. I just, I think that um, in, in situations like that, you know, because sometimes, and Stephen, you know, Burma, Burma Adventure Cat and Steven, they're on a different level. Um, Burma, he, he's just next level. And so, you know, sometimes they want to go do their next level things. <laughs> you know, Monk and Bean are not on Burma Adventure Cat's level whatsoever. I mean, so it would be nice if I can be able to take them without Steven having to, I guess, you know, uh, quote unquote babysit us. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, strollers, very cool idea. Need to have it. I should have had it on my Christmas list. <laughs> I know what you mean though, because um, 
I've tried to take Lumos and Noxie out by myself. So I end yep. up wearing two backpacks, one on the front, one on the back. And then I've had times when I've been outside by myself with them. Noxie's overtaken me because she likes to climb on my head. <laughs> Got Lumos like coming out from the front. Yeah. It was a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't yeah. done her again. <laughs> You're a trooper. <laughs> and the thing so I understand. That, that you just you never know. Anything could happen at, so quick. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's one thing when I when I've had conversations with other cat owners, pet owners when they're talking about doing stuff like that. To keep in mind, because, you know, social media, you know, creates this image like, oh, this is easy. That'll be easy to do. No, <laughs> that's not always the case. And anything could happen in a blink. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, they're my children. So I take no chances. I would have a heart attack. <laughs> I understand. Is there anything in particular that um, you think about that might happen or has happened to you in the past? Well, I don't, I think about, um, you know, them, uh, getting off their harness like monkey did, because that was terrifying for me. Um, so I, I, I worry about that and I worry about them encountering, you know, another animal and something where to, and I don't mean just like another cat or a dog. I definitely wouldn't bring them around. Uh, dogs that they don't know um mm-hmm. but i would say those those are probably my biggest concerns yep yeah i definitely understand those yeah and one thing um i did want to chat to you a little bit about is um monk and bean they're black cats and yeah. which i love and black cats mm-hmm. have such a great personality but there's this there's unfortunately a bit of a negative connotation about black cats and We'd love to hear a little bit about your experience with having two black cats and how they're so awesome. Yeah. And that they're not about being bad luck. Which, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I, I had never gotten a comment like that before until the other day. Um, maybe like two, three days ago, somebody wrote that they're bad luck on, uh, on my, in the comments. So I had never had a black cat before. Um, I've had cats my whole life and I had never had a black cat before. And I wasn't really, I mean, I've heard, you know, people, you know, superstitions about black cats. I've heard that, but I didn't know, I didn't know what I now know that people actually won't adopt them and that they're the most euthanized. I never knew that before. Um, I think that they're absolutely amazing. I mean, I think all animals are amazing, so I don't want to single out black cats, but I absolutely think that these two cats are anything but bad luck. They've they've got so much personality. Um, They have so much love to give. And I think that that's a shame that people feel that way about black cats. I think it's... um, I'd like to think that by showing them and how awesome they are as, you know, as well as all these other cats, these other black cats on the internet, that it would help turn that around and um, help people to, um, to kick that superstition and those, those thoughts that, and, and now, now there's a new thing that I keep hearing about that people don't want black cats because they're not, um, 
they're not easily photographed. And so people don't want them for social media purposes. That to me, that's just absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, first of all, nobody say, should... yeah. yeah, go ahead. Your photos are beautiful. So thank you. Uh, that kind of proves that wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't ever have a hard time. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously if I were like in a dark room and, you know, they're sitting on a black couch or something like that, maybe, maybe, but, um, I think they're gorgeous. I think mm. that, um, every black cat that I've seen on the internet, I, you know, they all, they just look so gorgeous. I mean, look at Sophie, the model, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, mm. I mean, like, yeah. um, yeah, I think that, People should um, revisit that and uh, spend some time with some black cats and just to see what they're like, because they're, they're, you know, just like any other loving, sensitive, sweet, silly, goofy, crazy other cat, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, um, like, for me... um, because I haven't had a lot of exposure to black cats. That's not because it was a choice thing. It's just I just haven't right. had many around me. Right. And um, But just following, like, for example, yourself and some other black cats on Instagram, you just see their personalities and they're so lovable. Like, yep. They're, they're just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I've heard some people say that um, they think that um, black cats actually have more personality. I don't know if I subscribe to that because I feel like, then that would be separating other. I think that they, animals are all unique, just like human beings. They all have different personalities, different traits. And um, it makes no difference if they're a tabby or they're hairless or they're black or, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah, they shouldn't be discriminated against, just like people shouldn't be discriminated against. Because it's discrimination. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's really unfortunate that there's this misconception and discrimination against them because, yeah. like you said, they're just, they've all got their own personalities that if you get to know them, like they're just as yeah. wonderful as any other cat or, or any other pet in general. So Absolutely. You know, the Instagram accounts that we know with black cats just prove that, and you're especially one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. I would love, I would love if we can use that platform in that way for people to see that they're so worthy of love and that they're so awesome. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, actually talking about a little bit about Instagram and this is something that Stephen actually mentioned in his podcast when we spoke about your account as well is one thing I really love is the way you manage to inject humor and show Monk and Bean's personalities in your posts. And I find it pretty refreshing because um, social media has kind of become a race to get as many likes or increase your popularity yeah. and things like that. How how do you become so creative with the stories you share? So, <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like um, that's my personality. I was like, I'm class clown. That was me um, as a kid. Um, that's also a way that I, um, manage my depression. Um, I like to find humor in things and find reasons to laugh or to smile. I I especially enjoy if I can make somebody else laugh and smile. Um, but my, my, that's a lot of that is just my personality. That's just me 
being a spaz. Uh, <laughs> it's like my own personal creative outlet. But I try to have it reflect uh, them, you know, that because they are so different. So I try to, when it's a post about Bean, that it's more, you know, catered to how Bean is. And then with Monk, you know, that it's more like him. Um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. I like that it's... Um your creative outlet for your um your personality like um I definitely feel that with our account as well because um I I don't know I have a thing where I like to think about what our cats are thinking about so that's what I'll share yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and you're probably not off the mark either you know you know you get to know them so well it's almost like yeah that's exactly what's going on in their minds you know but um yeah I I just um I like to make people laugh. I was always that kid. And even, um, with my coworkers, that's just kind of how I get through life. Um, Mm. and truthfully, the more that I get feedback from people, cause I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like I'm 41. I really don't care about likes. I really don't. I'm sure people will argue that that's not true, but I don't care. I, I really don't care. Uh, the account started at zero. Um, I still have many of our original friends, um, whether they're cat accounts or not, because people that have been loving them right along with me all this time. And the only reason why it grew is because people, um, took a liking to and a fascination with Monk. And so people reached out and featured Monkey and the account just grew on its own. So I really, I mean, other than hashtagging it, I don't really go crazy with like, how am I gonna, you know, uh, you know. Um, And so when I have people say to me something like, you know, you made me smile or that, you know, I was having a bad day and that made me laugh or whatever. It, it, it makes me feel good and it makes me want to do it all the more. So it kind of feeds my, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I know what you mean wanting to not that I'm like looking to entertain people but I just really I I like that and Mm -hmm. I feel like that's you know that's the good stuff about life and that's the good side of of social media you know Mm -hmm. is less about likes and competition and more about you know friendship and community and hey you're having a bad day let's try to help that let's try to smile on your face and vice versa because so many people do that for us and I'm yeah, exactly. Yeah, I completely agree with the with what you say. I do have a confession to make, which Daniel doesn't actually know. We sometimes <laughs> have tacos on Tuesday because of Taco Tuesday. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> not, though. You know. Yeah. I mean? Yeah, not. I'll see a post that you do, and I'll be like, okay, I feel like tacos. Let's have tacos. <laughs> I'm like wow, aware. Okay. I'm aware of the calendar. I'm like, oh, okay, what's today? Okay, so it's tomorrow's Catterday. Sunday is like a no, you know, it's like, what, Sunday fun day, but no real, you know, and then we got to pick it back up. (laughs) This is the pressure. I even did, I did a post on that recently where it's like, you know, all right, am I going to like, is my taco Tuesday picture going to be good? And then like, well, my whiskers be on point for Wednesday, you know, like there's all these things, (laughs) but who can't have tacos on Tuesday, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So I wanted to chat a little bit about Toby. So for those who may not know, can you explain who Toby is? Toby is um, 
the a neighborhood feral cat who basically now lives here. Um, he goes mostly between our house and the house next door, but he's feral. And he's been coming around for about a year now. Yeah. I, I really love how you've helped him out. Do you mind explaining what you've done for him and how other people who might be listening who want to help the feral or stray cats around their house, what they can do? So I think first and foremost is um, making sure that the animal's not in need of medical attention. Um, and also making sure that the animal is spayed and neutered. So I think the, that's the biggest thing that people can do for feral cats. You know, I think that um, obviously spay, getting them spayed and neutered, doing a TNR, a trap neuter release, and having them fix prevents more and more feral cats and homeless cats. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are not comfortable with doing TNR with trap neuter release. You know, they either they don't have a trap. They've never done it before. Um, there's so many organizations all over the place. There's so many resources. So I would say to people that if they have a feral cat that they would want to help, which I'm hoping would the answer to that would be yes, they want to help the cat. Um, and they know that the animal needs to be spayed and neutered, but they're not comfortable, that they can just Google local um, rescues. There's so many, you know, even, you know, you go on Facebook, there's, I mean, there's just tons and tons of stuff you can find. Uh, even um, places that do adoption, they will have traps. And that's, that's actually how I have a trap. I contacted a rescue and, it started with me asking them for help and then it, it led to them letting me have a trap. And so now I've, I've done TNR. Um, so I feel like I just been on, went on a tangent. So just to bring it back home. <laughs> so I would say if you have a feral cat, get it spayed and neutered and make sure that it doesn't need other medical assistance. Um, I do feed Toby regularly but I truthfully don't advise people to do that because they need to survive. And unless you're going to be a constant in their life, you're actually kind of doing them a disservice. If you feed, you know, some people will feed them every day at the same time. But if you're not going to always be around doing that, that's not necessarily the greatest thing for them because they become reliant and they start to lose their survival instincts. Um, but mm -hmm. I have made a lot of progress with Toby and I've gotten closer and closer. In fact, even just the other day I went outside and he sniffed my hand. So I'm hoping that in the next couple of months, maybe a little pet will happen because ultimately I'd like to find him a home. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that I really liked of what you had done um, over winter, so we're now recording this in um, March 2019, but over this the last winter you created a little warm haven for him outside. Do you mind just taking yeah. us through that? Because I thought that was a great idea, not just for cats but other, other um, yes. 
uh, feral or other animals around your home? Yeah. So it's really simple to create um, a shelter. Um, The one that's outside for Toby is made out of two Rubbermaid bins. Um, So you get one large bin and then you get one that's slightly smaller that goes inside the larger bin. Um, It's so simple to make. Um, And then it's filled with straw, not hay. Um, and there's a big, there's an important difference there. So people who, if, if um, anyone were to make a shelter that they need to know that it has to be straw and not hay, I think it's because hay retains water, uh, whereas the straw does not. And if the, if the hay retains the water and it freezes then the cat is obviously not going to stay warm and it could actually freeze to death if it goes in there. Um, and I have insulation in there. Um, I've made them before. And it's very simple. There's um, tons of little um, instructions that people can Google, like a little diagram of just how it's done. Really simple um, items that you can get at Home Depot, Lowe's, real quick. Just cut a hole, two Rubbermaid bins, some insulation, some straw. And it might not sound to people like um, that's, you know, the the warmest, but truthfully, it makes a world of a difference for them as opposed to just, you know, sleeping under a car, or, you know, trying to find, you know, it, he goes in it. He loves it. We now have a heating pad in there for him. So, you know, he's like, now it's like a step up. <laughs> um, and that's a special for uh, a feral shelter, the heating pad that's in there. Um, and it stays at like a low a very low um, temperature. It's just like their body temperature. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's, and um, yeah. what we might do is we'll include some of those links to those instructions as well in our show notes. So if anyone's Excellent. interested, they can they can go in there and have a look. Excellent. That would be awesome. That's awesome. And I'd gather there's some photos on Instagram of, of those. That'd be clear to, sure. clear to say. I don't have any. You're talking about uh, Toby? Of the shelter. I don't have any on the actual page. Um, most of everything that I share about Toby is in stories, but I could absolutely send you guys a whole bunch of stuff. If you want pictures of it, I could even pop up the lid, take pictures of the inside and just show you exactly what the setup looks like. That would be great. We'll, we'll put those in the show notes as well so that everyone can okay. see what it looks like. Yeah. Because I've got a picture in my head, but um, to help everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Okay. So Nicole, we're coming up towards the end of our podcast. And before we let you go, we've got, some four questions that we ask all our guests. So the first one is, what do you hope to see in the future regarding of the movement of cats who explore with their humans? I would like to see more cats (laughs) exploring. (laughs) All right. So selfishly, my first answer is going to be selfish. I want to see more cats because I love seeing cats. (laughs) So whenever I'm out and I see a cat, I lose it. (laughs) But I would really like to see, um, I would hope that it changes people's um, views on cats. And um, I think that people put uh, limits on cats. They think that cats are just sitting around inside on a couch and all they do is sleep and that's all they want to do. And so I think it's pretty awesome that this community that's ever growing is showing people that that's, it's the opposite. It's, that they are very active, that they're playful, they're curious, 
And um, and so I really I hope that that this movement um, continues to show people um, what cats are capable of. Um, but I would also like to see that while doing so, that people are doing it responsibly. And I know that Stephen had mentioned um, in his episode about doing it for the right reasons, um, knowing your animal and respecting uh, their boundaries and um, having patience, you know, with them. I think patience is actually a really big thing. You know, you can't force an animal. So just, you know, you could try things with them and um, see where it goes. But I think that it's really cool that pe that these cats are out there and I'm sure you guys have heard this, like, oh, that cat thinks it's a dog. You guys get that ever? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, no, that cat's a cat. <laughs> that <laughs> cat is what that cat is. Yeah. So I think that the, that um, I would like to see that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And um, that's quite funny because our next question is, what has been the most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Monk and Bean? Is that a cat? You know, <laughs> I think that I think that everyone's probably going to have that as at least one of their answers. Um, if I don't get a question, it's more of a comment like she has a cat. That's a cat over there. You know, it's sometimes it's more that than the questions. Um, but that that's that's the. That's the overall response, you know, like, oh, is that a cat? <laughs> oh, if only we had a dollar for every time someone said that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe this movement <laughs> will minimize those comments. <laughs> That's the hope for the future. Right. So, what cat explorers inspire you, and what would the social handle medias be? Social media handle, sorry. Obviously, Burma Adventure Cat. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but we met on Instagram. You guys know that? No, that's lovely. Yeah. So I, uh, Burma was the first cat that I've ever seen out adventuring on Instagram. And um, when I looked at his account, I practically fell off the couch seeing him on 14,000 foot mountains or swimming across rivers. So Burma, adventure cat. Um, there's so many. Um, Rover the cat. I absolutely love Rover the Cat. We love Cat Explorer. We love that. Oh, character. thank you. <laughs> um, Will There Be Tuna is a count that I've been an account that I've been following. I'm actually sad because that cat she recently passed away, but she um kayaked everywhere with her human. And uh, I just think that that's just awesome. Hunky Sushi, mm -hmm. who we're about to meet. I've met um, cat moms, but I have yet to meet Hunky Sushi. So we're actually going to be doing a, a cat adventure all together soon. Um, I know they're in London, so when they get back, we're actually going to be meeting up with them. So Hunky Sushi is another account that I find very inspiring. I want to see photos of that meetup. <laughs> right? How funny. <laughs> Sophie the model, who I actually would say is kind of like an explorer on Monk and Beans level, because she does go out leashed, harnessed, and, um, She's out walking with her dog in the snow and things like that. Um, so, you know, because there's all these different levels of cats exploring, you know. Um, 
Cash Me Outside. Mm-hmm. You know that account? Mm-hmm. They're a new friend of ours, and I think they're awesome. And I, now I'm plugging all these black cats. Rover the Cat, Black Cat, yep. Sophie the Model, Black Cat, yep. who also explores. Cash Me Outside, um, who else? is another one. Aries the Ambassador. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones I could think of off the top of yep. my head. But there's so many, so many. Yeah, there are. There really are. There's um, so many that are doing such great things at the moment. So it's really lovely yeah. to see. Yes. What product, service, or program has been a game changer for Monk and Bean? You know, I'm not. I'm not certain that I have anything that I could say is like an actual game changer. Um, that's where the stro- That's where I need to get that stroller. I think that'll be a game changer for us. In the meantime, it would just be the harnesses that I have. And then, in terms of this, is not in any way, shape, or form, even related to exploring. But I feel like Monkey's Cape has been a game changer for him <laughs> as a vampire cat. <laughs> um, but that has nothing to do with cats exploring. I just feel like that's a game changer for Monkey, you know? So I, I don't know. I don't know if I have one that I would say is like yeah. a service that's actually been something game that changer. I could say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think um, one example for us, which I don't think we've actually shared yet on the podcast, is um, our kitty litter. So we've moved to we moved from crystal kitty litter to corn kitty litter. We were and we were using litter liners every day, so we were changing out the kitty litter every day. Um, okay. It was it was a quite a bit of a challenge. I think we were yeah. using 12, ki- 12 kilos of kitty litter a week. Um, now That's since gonna- yeah, so now since moving to this corn litter, we now use nine kilos in a month. Wow. And we're spending like eight times less than before. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so um, I won't lie, there are a lot of swear words when we realized how much money we were <laughs> saving. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think like sometimes those little changes, like they, they, they blow you away. So yeah, yeah that's one yeah. that's been a huge game changer for us. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. Who makes that? Um, they're called um, We Kitty Litter. They're made by an Aussie company called Rufus and Coco, and they just expanded to the US and Canada. So, which is oh, pretty that's exciting. excellent. I'll have, yeah, I'll look into that. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And it's International Women's Day on your side, and that company's run by a great female founder who will also be on our podcast. So, it's oh, quite exciting. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that. So, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a blast. Where can we follow you and Monk and Bean online? You guys can follow us on Instagram, which is at Monk and Bean. And right now that's that's their sole account. That's awesome. So what we'll do is we'll put links, um, put those links and any other links that we talked about today in our show notes, which will be available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to us if you could hit subscribe and review the Cat Explorer podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help us to continue to get some awesome guests. As always, thank you for listening and for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world.